From Chicago, welcome to Three Degrees Discussions. I'm your host, Mike Vasquez. This is a podcast devoted to the stories behind the innovators, entrepreneurs, and leaders in the 3D printing industry. So the principle is uh, uh, material saving and this uh, energy saving. So we use less energy because we make a smaller part and a very essential, and we use only the essential material. So I think the, the, at the base of additive manufacturing, there is a good sustainability. But more and more, we see the big potentiality. Uh, that was Valeria Torelli. She's the president and CEO of her family's manufacturing company, Adro Hydraulics. Adro's main activities are design, production, and testing of hydraulic components produced in conventional manufacturing and 3D printing. Adro is a pioneer in the use of metal additive manufacturing in fluid power, oil and gas, mobile machinery, aerospace, and industrial applications. She joins the show today to talk about the adoption of additive manufacturing within her business and the way that it's opened new markets. Before we get started, head over to www.3degreescompany.com and subscribe to the podcast. Remember, you can listen to the show anywhere you download your podcast, including Spotify, Apple, Amazon, or Stitcher. Valeria, thank you so much for joining the show today. Um, you've got a fascinating story in the additive manufacturing world. I want to kind of first give you the chance to kind of introduce yourself and your company and then we can, can dig into the story a little bit. Thank you, Mike. I'm very happy to be here with you. So my story started uh, almost 10 years ago, my story in additive manufacturing, uh, when I joined my family company, Hydro. Uh, the company was founded by my father almost 40 years ago, uh, working in hydraulics, valve, manifold, and hydraulics components. But a few years ago, uh, we decided to uh, explore a new technology that is 3D printing. And we found um, an amazing new solution, a new technology for hydraulics. So the beginning was for making prototypes or tooling for our production. Uh, but more and more we used the technology and we opened our mind, we understood that uh, additive manufacturing is very useful to create innovative parts. And then we started our journey into this amazing technology. That's fantastic. And, and so what was it like kind of growing up and around your, your family's business? Like, were you kind of in, in the shop regularly? Was it something that kind of grabbed you early on when you were growing up? Yes, uh, because uh, also when I was a child, I, you know, learn day by day with my family, you know, at dinner, dinner time or during, you know, family travel. Uh, so I grown up uh, together with the valve industries. So I already know since I was very young, what is a valve, what is an hydraulic component, uh, who are the customers and the application. Uh, but uh, when I finished my university, I didn't join immediately the family company. I had my own uh, you know, career uh, because I'm graduated in business administration. So I'm not an engineer, I'm not a technical uh, uh, background. And then had the opportunity to work in an international company, in a chemical company. And I learned how to work you know, in a multinational uh, environment, work in different groups. And then when I joined the family company, I had already an experience how to manage a company. And uh, I was very lucky because I had the opportunity to introduce new way of thinking, the family company, a new technology like additive manufacturing. 
And of course, at the beginning, it was not easy because we are still a small, medium-sized company uh, working in Italy with all the Italian people with very you know, good mentality, but also very Italians. <laughs> that is nice for something, but uh, we have also some limitation. <laughs> And, uh, but I think we have a good, uh, good mix now. So we have uh, a lot of international customers um, and we have the opportunity to participate in events, conference, we can you know, open overview. So more and more, I think we are you know, tr uh, transforming the company from a medium Italian company to a more international uh, reality. Sure. And can you talk about the kind of decision-making process around bringing additive into the company? I mean, as you mentioned, you're a small, medium-sized company, so investment into certainly metal additive is going to cost it's, it's in the quite, uh, yes, millions can, of dollars. And yes, I can tell you we were quite crazy to do this investment. <laughs> Uh, because uh, at the time in hydraulics, there was no other company using 3D printing or officially making parts with 3D printing or prototypes and so on. So we were a kind of pioneer. But when, because when, was, when was this? Was this kind of early? It was uh, five years ago. Okay. We, we officially introduced the metal 3D printing. We started more or less 10 years ago with uh, polymers printing. Mm -hmm. So for prototypes, tooling and so on. And then we do some, um, we have done some experimental with uh, service provider or with external support. But then when we were really amazed by the technology and we start to test the first valve printed by a service provider, we printed in aluminum, uh, a small valve, a small uh, yes, valve body. And we tested in our test bench and we were really surprised by the uh, mechanical properties and the uh, fatigue resistance. Because at that time, as I told you, there was no other company making 3D printed valve or hydraulics components. Uh, some okay, case study, but not real parts. And we were really convinced by the, the technical aspect. So we tested, we see that everything was working fine, or, in some cases, also better than the conventional manufacturing. So from the technical point of view, we were really you know, convinced that is a good technology. And uh, we had, of course, an internal discussion with my family. <laughs> so with my mom, my brother, and so on. And uh, as I say, we were quite crazy to say, yes, we want to invest. <laughs> and we decided to purchase our first metal printer. Uh, we decided for the laser power bed fusion technology. That for the kind of valve or part we are making is the best one because we have a lot of uh, internal channel, complex part, uh, um, small, medium size uh, component. So this is a very good technology for us. So was that the biggest challenge that you thought additive could, could solve for was these complex, small geometries or was it more of a business case where, okay, now we can, we have this technology, we can turn around parts faster or enter a new market? What was the, the challenge that you thought? Yes, would... the, the, the idea at the beginning was to have a, a complex parts and make some innovation because at the end, hydraulics is a quite a conservative market. We have the same product for at least 70 years, uh, same shape, of course, with some improvement. But if you look at the pump or valve, 
the, the shape, the external shape is exactly the same for the last 70 years. And so we were really convinced that we have to do something new also on the shape and on the performance of the valve and the hydraulics component. And uh, we have to think you know, out of the box. So to use a different technology to move uh, to, towards the innovation. And with additive manufacturing, we are able to make complex parts, smaller parts compared to the conventional hydraulics component uh, with a better also performance. For example, I can tell you, we have um, one of our valve and we call it AMES valve, the CTOP valve. Uh, we tested at uh, 1,400 bar. And this is really a very high, high pressure <laughs> for a conventional valve. But thanks to the fact that we have uh, uh, designed all the channel, all the um, additional material exactly where it is needed, so where there are the higher pressure, we are able to reduce the weight but at the same time to have an higher performance. So this is very uh, something that give us, you know, a lot of uh, uh, new ideas, uh, new optimism also to go further <laughs> in the activities. And uh, we started to make parts for different application, not only the conventional application that we have. Uh, so from uh, conventional mobile machinery like tractor, for example, now we are moving to aerospace sector. That is something that is completely new for us. So we, in, with our conventional hydraulics component, we are not uh, selling into aerospace, but with 3D printing, we are able to have uh, a customer in the aerospace sector. So we open you know, the market and the business uh, for our companies. And also we started to speak with uh, big companies that normally are not looking at the small uh, companies like us. And so what's that conversation like? Maybe start with some of your existing customers that you had and kind of telling them, hey, we got made an investment in metal added manufacturing. It was was your goal to expand kind of the existing customer base and kind of do more projects with in kind of that same vein or kind of like you were saying was can expand out to aerospace or air areas that you may not have had as much touch in um, kind of where did you find the the conversations going furthest as you adopt the technology? Yes, this is a very good question because so was our uh, main topics at the beginning. So we started to discuss with uh, people from hydraulics or fluid power sector but of course, these people, especially technical people, are really conservative. So sometimes the discussion could be very hard because some people are looking, okay, there are some benefits, but uh, what is the price? So when we start to speak about the prices, we already know that the discussion will be very difficult because we prefer to say that with 3D printing, we have added value and sometimes higher price. <laughs> but <laughs> we have more benefit to use uh, 3D printing for spatial application or to find the solution that is not possible with the conventional manufacturing. So in the hydraulic sector, we have uh, many, many um, different projects. But I can say that the discussion with uh, hydraulics company is not always easy. And uh, that's why we start also to do a training. We already performed two, three times a training for a fluid power company 
to help the technical people to think about additive manufacturing as an alternative to the conventional manufacturing for special parts or difficult application. Uh, and thanks to the fact that we had uh, the same language, so the te same technical language, the same uh, know-how, we are able to speak with technical people from hydraulics and explain them which are the benefits of the technology. Um, so this is very interesting, very hard conversation, but uh, we have some very good results for hydraulics part. But as you said, we have also new, say new customers or new people from different sectors like aerospace or oil and gas energy that are not our conventional business. But thanks to additive manufacturing, we start to speak with also big companies, especially from the energy sector, because they are very interested to learn about this technology uh, because they already see the benefits. If in the case of the fluid power people, we have to tell them which are the benefits, people from energy, they already know the benefit of using additive manufacturing. So we start, you know, in a different uh, point of view. And uh, in this case, we are um, explaining how to do the parts uh, or how to design the parts to have the highest benefit of the technology. Sure. And, and how did that kind of uh, evolution of, of adoption of, of added manufacturing impact what you were doing kind of from a management style internally, right? So you had, it sounds like you had to develop a new training program or extend training that you had already done for customers. Presumably you had to kind of think about how do you get the right types of files into print that may be different than what you've been doing before. You may have to train different people for different skill sets. There's post-processing, like from kind of where you're sitting, like what was it like almost kind of building a company within a company and, and, and building out this technology? Yes, we had a real, a real revolution into the company because uh, together with the additive manufacturing, we also have the uh, reorganization. We introduced uh, new people, new skills. So especially engineers on additive manufacturing. So it's not only the machine, but it's also the resources, the people, but also we started a new process to improve our organization. We decided to have the new certification 9,100. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is more for aerospace or automotive uh, uh, companies. So we improved our quality systems. We improved our procedures, how to do everything. We had also new software, uh, both for designing and both for, um, you know, like encrypt uh, data, data or protect uh, files and so on. So we have, a, um, we see a kind of transformation of the company from, um, I could say, a very common uh, manufacturing company to a more digital company using 3D printing. And we are really open to other uh, big company. We are now able to speak with big company because you know, big company have a lot of procedures. They have different steps before they can speak with you and so on. But now we are organized with uh, good people and good procedures. Yeah. And one of the things that I've learned through some of the conversations through this podcast with, with other small, medium-sized machine shop and added manufacturing shop owners is one of the challenges they face when bringing in 
the added manufacturing equipment is one is expensive. I mean, it's several hundred thousand dollars at minimum upwards of a million, depending on how many machines you're, you're doing. Um, and as they kind of enter, usually as kind of a pioneer, like you were saying, and into a new space, the lead time for sales is just longer, right? You have to potentially train people, you have to kind of validate a process. And, and so all that time, you don't have consistent market or consistent uh, customer flow or customer product flow. So how do you kind of manage around that and manage expectations and in terms of how you're originally talking with your, your family and your mom and your brothers about kind of bringing this in and you probably have some sort of financial Excel spreadsheet, kind of here's what we think we can do. And then the reality of um, were you right on or were, were there, <laughs> there different uh, differences when it came to implementing in the real world? Yes, exactly. You are perfect on the topic because, as you said, when we started five years ago, making also our business plan, we were really too optimistic about the lead time. Um, it was not on the technical point of view because, at the end, we were quite fast to create the you know the environment, the department, all the uh, necessary systems to run the machine. We hire an engineer that who, who already has the experience how to run the machine. Um, so we were quite fast to print, to start to print, and also to design. But as you say, the, the lead time from when you install the machine and you start to sell the parts, uh, it takes uh, maybe months, maybe six months at least, because it's not only to understand how to print, but all the process, so everything is before, so the powder handling, uh, the gas. Uh, so there are a lot of procedures before the printing, during the printing and the post-processing, especially when we are thinking about metal parts. Uh, so it's not only you know, printing, but finishing. We do a lot of CNC machine to have the good uh, you know, surface uh, roughness, or we machine the cavities of the parts, especially when we are speaking about manifolds. So there are a lot of process behind additive manufacturing. And uh, probably this was the hard part. So to have everything in line and well-organized. So for us, it took at least six months before we were ready to sell parts. Uh, and now also we are quite fast in the design phase. So normally if we start from zero, for example, in maybe two, three weeks, we already have the, the final design for the printing, uh, but after that, uh, we have the printing, the, dis oh, better, the discussion with the customers, then the printing and the post-processing. Uh, so more and more we see that if there is a complex project, uh, we need at least uh, one or two months before we have the final part. And this is quite you know, contradictory with the, the fast prototyping or fast delivery time that is the you know, idea behind the additive manufacturing. Uh, so sometimes we have discussion with the customers and we say, yes, it's fast, but uh, the first part maybe is not so fast as you can expect. And that's great to hear because, I mean, that's the reality for 99% of people using additive outside of prototyping, right? There's yeah. so many different considerations you have to think about and material selection and orientation of the build and post-processing, all of this stuff takes some iteration time. And, and certainly probably from where you're sitting, there 
you have this kind of big slope you have to climb to get everything set up, learning the machine, the ins and outs and your procedures. But then as you start to kind of get that settled in, even though you're working with aerospace and energy, oil and gas, all these different types of entities that have somewhat different requirements, you start to accumulate learning that is transferable, I imagine, between, between all these different industries. Yes, exactly. There are a good combination. I'm really happy to work for different uh, sectors because we can take you know, uh, more information and have a, a good mix of everything and to find the best procedure. Uh, we are working, for example, in these days, I can tell you for Leonardo Helicopter, that is our uh, new customers. And we are really proud to say that now we are supplier, official supplier for Leonardo. Uh, and we are working these days for the first part. And I can tell you that the, the, the procedure that we are making is very complex, but we take uh, a good expertise from the energy sector. So we are now combining our expertise from the previous customers we had from the oil and gas. And we are, I can say, not fast, but well organized to uh, face also the, the requirement from an aerospace uh, customer like Leonardo. So it's, it's very good to work for different sectors. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and you're kind of building up this, this repertoire of, of new customers, new applications and new knowledge internally that you can even grow further. Um, one of the things that is consistent maybe across these different industries is kind of some of the conversations about sustainability. I know we were talking a little bit before kind of we hit record about kind of your efforts in that space. Do you want to talk a little bit more about kind of what are you thinking as, as you see additive and sustainability, whether as materials or end product, or kind of how are your thoughts evolving on, on that conversation? Yes, I think sustainability is a very uh, important topic when we are using additive manufacturing because it's a good combination. The, you know, the main idea behind the additive manufacturing is to use less material or add material only where it is needed. So the principle is uh, uh, material saving and this uh, energy saving. So we use less energy because we make a smaller part and a very essential and we use only the essential material. So I think the, the, at the base of additive manufacturing, there is a good sustainability. But more and more, we see the big potentiality. Uh, for example, a few months ago, we had um, for our conventional production, uh, we need a, a new machine to test a new valve series. And uh, the idea came from our head of production of the hydraulics department. He told us why we don't create uh, a 3D printed part that allowed us to uh, refurbish an existing machine to have this new functionality. And I was really surprised because the, you know, the idea came from the conventional department that we have, not from the additive manufacturing department. Uh, but it was very good, you know, it's a kind of contamination between the two departments that we have now in the company. And then uh, we work it together from, with the head of production, hydraulics production, and one of the designers of AM. Uh, and they created two small manifolds, two small components that are installed in our existing machine. And we are now able to test uh, our valve, new valve, uh, faster and safer compared to the previous uh, activities. So this is 
an example, so we, we avoid to purchase a new machine, a new test bench, but we reuse it, the existing machine with additive manufacturing. So this is a really one of our examples, internal example. But we see also from external customers, there are a lot of parts that could be you know, repaired compared to replace it especially when we are speaking about big components like big systems, big hydraulic system with a lot of components. Sometimes it's possible to replace just one component instead to replace the whole system. And with additive manufacturing, we see that this is really possible. Starts to think in a different way. So we have a lot of examples that we see that sustainability is really uh, implemented thanks to additive manufacturing. And I think that for the future, because you know every country has big plans about CO2 emission reduction or net uh, zero carbon and so on. So I think additive manufacturing will be more and more popular as a sustainable uh, technology. Is that something that some of your customers are bringing up as well? Is like, I mean, obviously cost is always a cost performance, but are, are key metrics for any manufacturing purchase, but is, is sustainability, are you getting more questions about, about that generally, both in, in your additive kind of business, but more, more generally in kind of your broader kind of company yeah. interactions? Yes, I think it will be more and more, for example, in, um, you know, electric vehicle uh, now are more and more common. And, you know, for example, we need the lighter component for an electric car, uh, because of course, uh, to have lighter component means uh, use less energy. Uh, for example, we made, uh, was two years ago, we made a heat exchanger, a 3D printed heat exchanger uh, to cool down the battery of the electric car. This was um, a project made with the University of Turin. And this was very uh, interesting because we save a lot of weight making the 3D printed heat exchanger compared to purchase a, a heat exchanger from the market. And due to the fact that it's an electric car, we save a lot of energy during the life of, the, of this car. Uh, so again, the possibility to make, make lighter components give us uh, the possibility to use less energy. So again, a more sustainable uh, approach with the 3D printing. And since you've started your additive manufacturing journey five, six years ago, have you seen other companies in your kind of competitors or similar companies to your small, medium-sized kind of organizations also adopt the technology or is it still pretty quiet? Um, if I'm thinking about hydraulic sector, now there are more, I say the big companies are of course looking at the technology. But I can tell you this funny story because this was in the, in the exhibition in Hannover Messe. It was three years ago. Yes. And we, for the first time, no, it was four years ago, 2017. Yes, it was four. <laughs> four years ago, we had, um, the, during the exhibition, the Hannover Messe is the biggest fluid power exhibition in, in Europe. And we had our small booth in the Italian pavilion and with, uh, we showed uh, the 3D printed valve and manifold. And we received a lot of visitors from big company like Bosch Rexford, Parker, Heaton. So very, you know, the biggest. 
And all the people were amazed because they, for the first time, they had seen 3D printed hydraulics component. And we received, you know, the top management of this big company. And they say, well, what is it? Is it possible? Is it a dream? And we say, no, no, it's possible. It's metal. It's really metal part. And you can use as the conventional hydraulics part. Uh, so at that time, we were the first as a kind of pioneer. But after one year at the same exhibition, we found a lot of new you know, case study or example shown in the different booths. So we were quite happy to see that also other companies starting to investigate the technology. Um, probably the most are at the research level, just making some experimental, because it's quite uh, you know, hard to find high volume production for 3D printing in hydraulics. It's a really a good combination between design and the final application. So it's not for you know, massive high volume production, but uh, more and more I see that the big company are looking at these technologies. So I'm really happy to see that uh, also fluid power are uh, interested. Fluid power people are interested in this technology, and the medium sized company I think are faster, like we are uh, compared to the bigger. But of course, uh, the investment is uh, quite huge. So we need uh, people like crazy, like us, <laughs> to start <laughs> to you know, use this technology. But um, I'm quite confident that in the future, we will see more and more 3D printed hydraulics component. I've always thought as like, even though small, medium-sized companies are don't have the same amount of resources, from a, a financial perspective, they're so fast and able to solve different problems quicker in most, there's not a bureaucracy train that they have to go climb up and, and rub up against to, to make sure that all the contracts are signed in the right way. Like you can kind of shortcut a, a few things in, in that sense, but kind of, as you think about kind of your career and, and as you are in kind of this leadership role with, with company and your family's business? Like what are the kind of skill sets that you've found kind of most valuable in, in growing this additive manufacturing kind of business kind of really from, from scratch? Uh, I think the first uh, is to be very enthusiastic and optimistic. <laughs> um, believe in dreams, something like this. <laughs> Because at the beginning, it was really a kind of dream for us to start to be a 3D printer, uh, 3D printing company. Um, but at the end, uh, I think that to have good people around us is very important. People who believe the same, so have the same vision and uh, believe that this technology is one of the best technology we have to implement. Of course, we are learning day by day. So there are no already no <laughs> written book that we can follow completely. Uh, so it's, it's something that is a learning process, but it's something that gives us a lot of, again, enthusiasm because we, we are creating a lot of new parts just from the minds, just from the idea, we are able to have the physical part, I can say in a few days. At the, at least, or a few months, <laughs> it depends on the complexity, of course. 
So this is uh, something that is it's very good. So, for example, my one of my colleagues, he had um, uh, for the Saint Valentine. I can tell you the story. He want to you know to make a nice gift uh, uh, for his uh, fiance, the classical rings, and he asked me if he can 3D print the rings in the office for uh, you know to make the announcement uh, about the fiance. And uh, I was very happy because uh, I see that uh, the 3D printing is uh, entering in the private life of my employee. So, and also for this very important moment in the life of a boy, <laughs> sure. to think to make a 3D printer rings, um, I really appreciate it. So I, I think, uh, you know, uh, good people, so good uh, team, it's really important for the success of a small company. Absolutely. And so one thing I always like to ask people about, kind of, especially in different kind of walks of the added manufacturing ecosystem is kind of what does their average day look like? Kind of what do you do when, like, when's your day start? What do you do in, in the morning? Kind of what's, what's, what's life, <laughs> day in the life of, uh, of uh, a, a typical day at the company at the shop? Uh, <laughs> Yes, we have, uh, I can say, typical day, but uh, every day is different. Every day we have different problems to solve. <laughs> so there are unexpected uh, um, things that are happening from um, technical problems or from customer uh, calling and say, oh, I'm, uh, I need something in one day or two days. So all the plans that we have, the maybe the day before are completely revolutionary. <laughs> so I think very the flexibility is the, the first uh, important topic. So to be very flexible and always think that uh, the customers are the main, um, our main you know, partner. So to be very friendly with the customers, to be open, to have a fast reply to them. Um, this is very, very important. So the we make, of course, some plans every day, but we are also flexible to change our plan immediately if the customer is calling and say, you know, I need something, or if there are some problem. Um, I think the, the people uh, working with me in Hydro, they are all flexible, uh, especially the ladies, because they are, <laughs> I have a good uh, uh, women team. They are also very good friends and very, you know, making also the environment very friendly. So making some, you know, uh, some joke uh, to have a coffee all together when it's possible, of course, <laughs> due to the pandemic. Um, but I think uh, we, we started the morning, sometimes with a short meeting, just maybe you know, to make some plans. But uh, again, during the day, we, are, we have a very big open space. So all, all the people from technical and sales are all together. So again, the, the discussion and the talk are open. So we are very flexible and uh, we share all the topics, all the problems. So most of the people knows what the company is doing, which are the main projects. And also the people from the production, they physically are in a separate department compared to the open space. But uh, they are, I try to involve them every day in the different projects. Uh, if we have a new customers uh, 
and uh, we have periodically meetings. And now we have also, thanks to the fact that we have a good time, good weather, we have uh, open air meetings in, in the garden of the company. And um, yes, we have a very good, uh, good relationship uh, inside the company. Fantastic. And so kind of we're in kind of April going into May 2021. What's, what's on your radar for the rest of the year? What are you looking forward to? Are there exciting kind of things coming down the pike in terms of your growth or new projects? Certainly that you, you can talk about nothing, <laughs> nothing top secret, but. Um, no, 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 top secret. Of course, uh, I hope that 2021st will be a very good year. Because after last year, it was, you know, full of uncertainty. I'm quite optimistic for this year. We started very good, especially from the hydraulic sector. That is started in a crazy way because all the different customers are growing very fast. Maybe they are recovering something that they missed last year. So I'm quite positive. We are in a hurry every day to you know, supply the customers. And uh, I'm really positive for this year also because the, the people need to, you know, to have a good vision for the future. We are quite, say, uh, lucky because we are mechanics, uh, hydraulics. Uh, so it's one of the sectors that uh, is really necessary because our components are used in all the machines that need the movement. Uh, from a tractor to an aeroplane uh, to an industrial machine. So we have a wide range of customers. And this year I'm really positive because I see a lot of projects that we started maybe two years ago and the last year were quite sleeping. This year we are started, especially we have a good project for heat exchanger, 3D printed heat exchanger. Uh, we found a different application from uh, cars, like I told you before, from industrial application or aerospace. So I think uh, one of our best projects of this year will be the 3D printed heat exchanger. And uh, my team is working hard also to make you know, uh, design, simulation, all the calculation for the different application of heat exchanger. And then we have other projects, especially in aerospace. Uh, we are working with an Italian uh, startup for satellite. And they launched a few days ago the first satellite. So, so again, we cross the fingers that everything will work fine. So I'm really positive for this year. That's fantastic. Well, if people want to find out more information about the work you're doing, we'll, we'll certainly share the website, but are there any other places that you'd like to point them? Are there any upcoming trade shows, either virtually or in person that you'd like to highlight? Okay. So for the website, I can tell you that we are uh, restyling our website. <laughs> so I think uh, in May, we will launch the new website, uh, more, you know, more fashion, more uh, <laughs> with a good layout. Because again, we are a small company, so we have done our website internally. Uh, so like, uh, you know, homemade uh, website. But now we, we decided to have a more professional uh, side website. And um, uh, so for sure, in a few weeks, uh, you will find more information on website. We are really active on LinkedIn or social network that I see it's a very good place for uh, find the information, technical information or business information. 
And about uh, in-person, uh, it's a good question because uh, in Italy, as I told you before, in our private conversation, is not already, um, everything is not already organized. But uh, I think in September, uh, for sure, we will restart to have a physical event. At least in Italy, we have the RM Forum in September. That is two days conference uh, for additive manufacturing. And uh, I will be there, I hope, <laughs> to be there physically. Also as a women 3D printing ambassadors, because I'm the ambassador for Italy. And we will have our booth for the first time, uh, a physical event. And then I think other events probably next year. We didn't plan for the moment to join physically uh, conferences or events, but uh, thanks to the fact that we have a lot of virtual events, <laughs> I will be in different uh, conferences in the next month. So I'm sure I can see people uh, from the screen. <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. It was, it was great. Um, we look forward to hopefully certainly seeing you virtually more and then in person one of these days soon. Yes. Thank you very much, Mike. <laughs> thank you.